your news program every morning with up-to-the-minute news and extensive analysis of issues from Korea and abroad. This morning with Alex Jensen on TBS EFM. Now then, just about 7.40, and just recently the website Women in Leadership celebrated two dozen female world leaders, 24 exactly, including South Korea's President Park Geun-hye, Angela Merkel of Germany, and now British Prime Minister Theresa May. Soon Hillary Clinton might add her name to the list if she is successful with her bid for US president. Let's bring in uh, Dr. Anne Bookman, the director of the University of Massachusetts Boston Center for Women in Politics and Public Policy. Uh, good morning to you from Seoul. Thanks for taking the time. Good morning. It's afternoon here, but good morning. Yes, uh, well, good to have you with us. So, um, I mean, in the past, you were appointed by President Bill Clinton as Policy and Research Director of the Women's Bureau at the U.S. Department of Labor. This has been an issue that you've been looking into for some time. Have you been uh, particularly pleased with the development, or, or is this not as impressive as it sounds, 24 female world leaders? Well, I, I think there's, you know, both good news and bad news. I would say that we are seeing the face of politics changing in terms of women's participation. We do see more women participating in public life, and certainly uh, Hillary Clinton's candidacy is very encouraging. Um, you know, American women have had the right to vote since 1920, but uh, their political roles have been pretty minimal. Mm. Um, we only had the first uh, major party choose a woman in 1984 when Geraldine Ferraro of New York ran for vice president. So it is a big breakthrough for us here in the United States to have Hillary Clinton running for president. You know, the thing is, some people would point to Margaret Thatcher in 1979, Angela Merkel, President Puckenhay, even Hillary Clinton, as not being stereotypical women, whatever that means. And, you know, I'm fully aware of, of, of how... Uh, inaccurate that statement probably uh, sounds, but but nevertheless, these are these are women who are different clearly um, from the ordinary person, let alone male or female that you would that you would meet. Does that make them good advocates for women in general? Well, I think they're good advocates. I mean, at our center, we're certainly interested in the participation of women at many different levels. We study women's political t participation at the local level, at the state level, and at the federal level. And, you know, slow. Uh, the change is fairly slow, I would have to say, in the U.S. Congress, um, where you have maybe women who are more, as you say, kind of typical, not having been former first lady like Hillary Clinton, um, you know, we only have about uh, between 17 and 18 percent women um, in our, our national Congress. This is not a very good percentage. In Massachusetts, where I'm from, uh, we have about 25 percent of women um, in the state legislature. But again, uh, this is a quarter. <laughs> We're looking for a half. We're looking for parity. We're 51 percent of the population. Mm. We think we should be at least 50 percent of the uh, representatives chosen by the people. I suppose, though, to put it another way, would be that 
some, sometimes our female leaders don't come across as being particularly feminine. It's almost like they've either made themselves gender neutral or they were gender neutral to start off with. I don't know any of them personally, so I can't, I can't say that. But their image is not necessarily one of, of representing the woman on the street. Is, is that a fair criticism? Well, I think you have to be very careful with these sort of gender issues. Mm. Um, I think women are often <clears throat> in the political realm held to a kind of double standard. I mean, people want to see them being mothers and wives. And I don't know if you remember um, Hillary Clinton at one point had to say that she was uh, committed to baking cookies in order to persuade people that she was really human. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I think, you know, it, it's very interesting in the United States, a term like ambitious is a very interesting term. If you apply that term to a man, politician, people say, oh, this is wonderful. He has a, a vision and he's really looking to the future. And if you say a woman is ambitious, it's kind of a code for, oh, she's um, overly aggressive. Oh, my goodness, we should be concerned. So... There is really this double standard, yeah. and, you know, women are sort of damned if they do and damned if they don't. If they're too feminine, then they're seen as not serious and not committed. But um, if they're not feminine enough, then they're criticized as not being compassionate and motherly and things that we like to see in women. It's a very fair point you raise. I'd love to invite any listener participation in this as well. You can text us pound or sharp 1013 for 51 per message. Is there anything that our female leaders can do to stand up and both please those who want them to uh, represent women but also further the political cause? Uh, I mean, speaking of uh, actually representing women's rights, is that something that we should necessarily expect from women leaders? Because to be honest, as a man, I think that's just a, a basic social justice issue and, and, and men should be as engaged as women in that. Well, I would agree with you and I would hope for that, but I would have to say in the United States, there's still a lot of men who don't think that gender parity in the political process in our different forms of government um, is desirable. So I think what we see is that it takes women at the grassroots level supporting women who are running for office to really get more women uh, politically involved. But I think those of us who have been involved in the women's rights movement in the United States for a long time are always looking for male allies, and we're very appreciative uh, when men see the cause of gender equality as their own. Yeah, and what about... When we look at the situation in Britain now, for example, Theresa May, okay, it, it, it was a very strange circumstance under which she rose to become Prime Minister after that decision to, to vote for Brexit. But nevertheless, Britain has its second female Prime Minister. And my sense from afar, although I am still pretty engaged with Britain, is that uh, no one's too bothered about the fact that she's a woman. Do, do you see that? as a sign of maturity in this whole question, the fact that people aren't really even talking about it, they're just really reflecting on her as a, as a person and the fact that actually we had a, uh, her principal rival was also a woman in the, uh, in the con contest, if you want to call it that, to become Prime Minister. Well, I mean, I think 
it, it, it does show progress in a certain way. I think we would certainly like to get to the point eventually where a candidate or a politic, political leader is assessed simply on the basis of his or her expertise, his or her you know, commitment to having an inclusive democratic society and so on. But I, I think we would be naive to say that there isn't still incredible discrimination against women, both in the political realm and in the workplace, uh, we certainly see discrimination against women in the United States, and I think that's true in a number of countries in the world. Another Brexit-related discussion was that uh, somehow Theresa May could get together with Angela Merkel of Germany, and, and the fact that they're both women, they'd be able to have a reasonable conversation and negotiate a safer Brexit. Is that positive discrimination in a sense or is that a reasonable argument to make as well the fact that they're both women would affect the way that they would talk to each other and negotiate i well that's a very interesting question i mean we have seen some examples of bipartisan cooperation happening between women in the united states congress that we have not seen between women and men so i guess you could say there is some evidence for that I think, however, you know, if you look at a Theresa May and an Angela Merkel, you will see that ideologically they're really in quite different places. And, you know, I don't think the fact that they're just women is going to mean that they're able to, you know, come to great unity about the way forward for the EU mm. or for their uh, yeah. countries. I mean, I, I don't know whether we all do this subconsciously, whether we look at our political leaders and ascribe their personality to other people we know, but it's just that Theresa May seems like the the reasonable family member that we could all associate with a, a kindly aunt or a mother, perhaps, whereas Boris Johnson, if he was the alternative, is perhaps the crazy uncle that we wouldn't want anywhere near the decision-making process. I mean, I, I, it's just that Theresa May has this very soft calm influence I don't, and it's difficult to pinpoint whether that's because she's a woman or or because of who she is um, but, it, but it certainly is a fascinating area to look at and we thank you very much for taking the time